Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, today we're kicking off a brand new series of messages, and uh, the lights just went out on us, so bear with us. That's, that's what you got to love about being in a school that you don't have control over. But anyway, we're starting a brand new uh, series that I'm super excited about. And honestly, I was even telling my wife, Michelle, today, um, I just, in many ways, I feel like today I'm almost like sharing with you my life story and we're going to break it down in a series of messages, and we're calling it Dream Builder. And we're going to be learning over the next number of weeks, really starting today, a six-week faith journey of how to live the life that you've always wanted. And I don't know about you, but I just believe that, like me, there's a lot of us in this room today, maybe watching online, God's put something in your heart. And just curious, If you're here today, chances are you have a dream, you have a goal, you have something out there that you long to see fulfilled in your life. You know, if you're single, it might be finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. You know, you want to find that person that shares your heart, that shares and understands, you know, your relationship with God and your values. And you want to find that that mate, that, that soulmate, that person so to speak, that you can spend the rest of your life with and do life together as a husband and a wife. You're looking for that special person. Maybe from some of you, maybe you're a married couple and, and maybe your dream has been to start a family. If you're a young couple or maybe you're a blended family situation or whatever. And all of a sudden now you have a, there's just a new desire. There's a, there's a vision that you have when it comes to the future of your family. As a parent, you, you have this dream for your children Not so much that it's your dream, but it's a dream that you long to see fulfilled where they truly reach their God-given potential. That they become all that God has truly destined for them to become. You know, there may be others of you here today, and maybe you're a student. And I know we have a lot of our students that are joining with us. And I want you to know I'm so proud of our middle school, our high school students. Man, it's just incredible to see what God is doing in their lives. And I have a real heart and passion for the next generation. But you know, you may be a student. And you're, you're in that place, in that season, you're kind of looking ahead at your future. And maybe it's going to the school of your dreams, maybe achieving a, maybe an athletic or scholarship or maybe an academic scholarship or some other kind of scholarship. It just allows you to be able to go and prepare and to experience something that you've always wanted to be able to experience to set you up for success for your future. I mean, we could go on and on. Maybe it's a business person here today, and you know, you've been working for someone else, and you've been itching for quite some time. There's just been this gnawing sense in your spirit that it's time to go out on your own and maybe start that business. Maybe pursue that dream that you have always kept near and dear to your heart. So today, we're going to be learning how to build our dreams. We're going to be learning, most importantly, how to walk out our faith as we pursue our dreams. Because at the end of the day, that's truly what it's all about. It's about walking out our faith as we pursue the dream that God has for us. I'll never forget, 23 plus years ago, Michelle and I, 
we packed up uh, a, a trailer and we moved from Texas to Orlando, Florida. She was eight months pregnant with our son Luke. We had a four-year-old daughter. We had a two-year-old daughter. And here we were at, you know, 30. I was in my young 30s. And here we are pursuing a dream. And that dream was to start a church. And we literally left our family, our friends, uh, a brand new home, a dream home that we thought we would spend the rest of our lives in, um, our support system, a church that we loved, our closest friends, our personal best friends, and like I said, our support system with our, both sides of our family. I mean, you would think, like, what in the world? You guys lost your marbles. Why in the world would you walk away and leave all of that to go to a place like Orlando, Florida? We didn't know a soul didn't have any friends, no family members, no connections whatsoever. 23 years ago. And here we are still walking out a faith journey. And I'll be honest with you, as I stated a few moments ago, I feel like in a lot of ways this whole message series is kind of like my life stories because not only am I still walking out the dream, not only am I still pursuing what I know God placed in my heart, I cannot begin to tell you how many times over the last 23 years I've wanted to quit. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to honestly question whether or not I truly heard from God. Whether I missed out. Maybe I misunderstood. Somehow, maybe I ate some bad lasagna or something the night before we left. I have no idea. But I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to give up on the dream. Walk away from it. And today, I believe that there are many of you in this room, God's put something in your heart. And you know what? Maybe it's to have a strong, healthy, vibrant marriage relationship, but for some reason or another, you and your spouse cannot get on the same page. Maybe for some of you, you know, again, you, you launched out. You know, you started that business you've always wanted, and man, you just hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, and you've caused, you've asked yourself many, many times, is it time to let go of that? Is it time to move on? Is it time just to accept the fact that it's never, ever going to happen? Some of you, it could be an illness. You've been praying, you've been believing, you've been asking, you've been seeking wisdom, you've been going from doctor to doctor to doctor. There seems to be no end in sight, and you've questioned. God, are you even there? I mean, I could go on and on again. And we all have these things that stirs within our heart. We all have these, these ideas or these dreams or these aspirations that are in front of us. And we want to see them fulfilled. And sometimes what happens is we realize that, you know what? Things may not always happen the way that we thought it was going to go. It's always interesting how we think things are going to work, but all of a sudden God has a way of taking us down a different path that we never honestly thought about. We never imagined or dreamed that potentially things would go a certain direction that perhaps we didn't plan for. And what do you do? What do you do when you encounter those situations and you have self-doubt and you wonder and you question, God, am I in the right place? Am I in your will? Is this what you have for my life? Is this, is this what I'm supposed to do? We're going to walk through a lot of this in the coming weeks. I promise you it's going to be extremely helpful. Here's what I've learned in 23 years of my own pursuit of a dream and a faith journey. And that is this. Great faith inspires great dreams and great dreams requires great 
faith. I'll repeat that. Great faith inspires great dreams, and great dreams require great faith. All of us here today are in a journey called a journey of faith. And anytime we have a dream, every time God gives us a vision or a picture of something that we long to see become a reality in our life, guess what? It doesn't come fulfilled overnight, right? And not only does sometimes those dreams don't happen overnight, but a lot of times we don't know all the details. We can't see the end. We can't necessarily see exactly how things are going to shake out. That's why it's a faith journey. God reveals his plan. He reveals his purposes. God unfolds the specifics within that dream step by step as we walk in this journey of faith. Because if God, listen, if God revealed all the details on the front end, if God told you exactly everything you needed to know on the front end, then what? It wouldn't require faith, right? And so therefore, there comes a moment where we have to realize that there is a close connection between our dreams and our faith. And here's what Jesus said in Mark 9, verse 23. Everything is possible for the person who has faith. In fact, Jesus also said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So in other words, Jesus is saying, hey, you get to choose how much your life is going to be blessed according to your faith. And there's a whole other side to that situation in and of itself, which we'll talk about in the coming weeks. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we have to understand that, yes, there is, a, there is an important connection between our dreams and our faith. And so the big question is, is this. How's your faith? Think about that. How is your faith? Is it weak? Or is it strong? Is it being stretched? Or is your faith holding steady? Those are huge questions. How is my faith? And one of the things we have to realize is that any time we take a step of faith towards a vision, a dream a goal, an aspiration to better our life, to become the person whom God desires for us to be, anytime we step towards that and we move forward in faith and we move towards what God has in front of us, we have to realize something. And what we have to realize is that that is a declaration of our faith. In essence, what we are saying is that, God, I believe that you can and I believe that you will bring it to fulfillment. Now, it may not happen the way that we hope. It may not happen in our time frame that we thought it would happen. It may not even look the way we hoped it might look. But at the end of the day, it is a walk of faith every single day, moment by moment, declaring, God, I know this is what you're calling me to do. Now, the big question is, we have to ask the question, am I pursuing my dream or am I pursuing 
God's dream for my life. Big difference between the two. And we're going to talk about that specific question next week. We're going to unpack that. How do you know the difference between your own dream and the dream that God has for your life? Because that's huge to understand and understand the distinction between the two. But here's what I've come to realize. No matter what, you have to understand God has a plan, he has a purpose for you. I love what Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Hey, aren't you thankful that God has a plan for your life? Aren't you thankful that not God not only has a plan for your life, but hey, he has a future and he has a hope. And I know this for sure, that God's plan, God's dream for your life is far bigger and far greater than any dream or plan that you could ever muster up on your own. So when we discover God's dream and God's plan and God's purpose for our life, then and only then can we actually become the person whom God has longed for us to become that fits into the plan and the purpose that he has for our life. Listen, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And today, you have a purpose and God has a plan for your life. I love what Ephesians 2.10 says. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Aren't you thankful that when God created you and me, he didn't create us first and then say, I have no idea to do with him. I have no clue how this is going to work out with her. No. God already had a plan. He already had a purpose before he even created you. And so therefore, because God knows the plan and he knows the purpose, he has a future and he has a hope, I would much rather know his dream for my life than trying to figure out this whole deal on my own. But the number one question that I get as a pastor is this. Pastor, why am I having to go through what I'm going through? Why is God allowing me to go through the difficulty and the situation and the circumstances that I'm facing? And that literally could involve a lot of situations and circumstances. You've all been there. I've been there. We've all encountered those moments where we ask God, God, why are you putting me through this? God, why isn't this situation getting better? God, why am I having to face the situation, the circumstances I'm facing? God, where are you? And so what I've learned and what we're going to be unpacking today is that there are really what is referred to as six phases of faith that we all encounter in this journey of faith. And by the end, when we're finished, and I'm just giving you an overview, and we're going to unpack these one week at a time in more specific detail. And also in our small groups, our small groups are going to be walking through and talking through and discussing these questions and learning these six phases of faith as well. But I promise you, at the end of this, of this spiritual growth faith journey initiative that we're starting today, you're going to be able to look back and say, now I know. 
why God has allowed me to go through this. Now I know why I'm currently facing these situations and circumstances. And you're going to learn through the six phases of faith. If anything, not only is it going to help fill in some of the blanks, but it's also going to renew your faith and give you the strength to keep pursuing the hope and the future that God has for you because he has a plan and he has a purpose. So you ready to get started? So here's what we're going to do. Today we're going to learn... Six phases of faith, and I'm going to quickly just touch on these. And like I said, we're going to break them down week by week. The first phase is somewhat the obvious phase, and it's known as the dream phase. The dream phase. You say, well, how does God build our faith through our dreams? Well, here's how he does it. God gives us, first of all, a desire. He gives us an aspiration. He gives us a a target. He gives us a goal. He gives us something to pursue. Nothing happens in our lives until first God puts a dream in our hearts. So everything begins with a dream. For example, example, Noah was given a dream by God to build an ark. When you think about Abraham, Abraham was given a dream to become a father of a great nation. Joseph had a dream to be a leader that would save his people. David had a dream to build the temple. Nehemiah had a dream to build a wall around Jerusalem. The Apostle Paul had a dream to preach the gospel in Rome. But nothing happened until they first were given a dream. So the question is, what is your dream? What is that that you long for? What is that that you you want and you desire to see fulfilled in and through your life? And the question sometimes we ask is, well, how do I know if my dream comes from God? It's a good question. Well, two reasons. Number one, here's how you know if your dream actually is a dream that comes from God. Number one, your dream will always require faith. It will always require faith. Because you see, the dream, once again, that God gives us is so big that it is way beyond our own gifting, our own talent, our own capacity to achieve that dream apart from Him. You see, if we could achieve our own dream on our own, then we wouldn't need God and we wouldn't need faith, right? But God wants us to dream dreams that are inspired by him because he knows that if he puts it in our heart, if he plants that seed within our spirit, and it's something that he imparts to us, he knows that the only way that we're going to see that dream become a reality is if we're willing to look to him, lean on him, depend upon him, and put our complete trust in him to do what only he can do in and through our lives. And so here's... What the scripture says in Ephesians 3, verse 20. God, who by his mighty power at work within us, is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or, dream, or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hope. You know, we have a dream here at Rethink Life. One of the big dreams that we had for a long time was to find a piece of property. It's taken us 23 years to find the right piece of property. 
Door after door has been closed. We had a contract on nearly 15 acres of land down the road. It's a whole other story. But for whatever reason, after a dog fight, <laughs> that whole situation, the rug got pulled out from under our feet. And once again, found ourselves back in the whole, you know, starting over phase. And, you know, once again, pursuing God's dream and vision. Well, praise God. Now God's opened the door. And now... We have possession of 4.7 acres of land and a very strategic piece of property. And you know what? I wouldn't trade the other piece of property for the piece of property we got now for anything in the world. Because it was God's plan. It was God's dream. It was His timing. It was all according to His purpose being fulfilled. But it started with a dream, a desire to have a place where God's people could come together And experience him in fresh and new ways to help people rethink who they're living for and what they're living for. And ultimately create a community of faith that God uses as a mighty army to reach this community and to reach this city and our country and our world with a hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And we won't stop pursuing that dream until we see the dream become a reality. And with God's help, because God is big enough to do infinitely more more, bigger than anything we could ever hope, think, or even imagine because it is a God-sized dream. And so with that, we have to pursue. We have to pursue what it is that God has called us to do, the dream that he's placed in our heart. So how do we know if it's, if it's God's dream? God's dream, number one, always requires faith. Number two, it's so important that we realize that God's dream will never, ever contradict God's word. Did you hear that? God's dream will never contradict his own word, the truths and the promises in his word. In other words, listen, God is not going to give you a dream to become a professional bank robber so you can feed the poor over in Africa. Doesn't measure up, right? No, when God gives you a dream, that dream is always going to be in alignment with his good pleasing and perfect will that he has for your life. God cannot and will not contradict himself nor contradict his word. So if you want to know whether or not your dream is your dream or God's dream, does it line up with God's good, pleasing, and perfect will? God's will is found in God's word. And if you want to know whether or not your dream is of God and your, your dream is in alignment with God, then make sure that dream is according to God's will, his promises, and his plan that he has revealed to you through his word. So important. So God gives us a dream. That's phase number one. That's kind of an exciting phase. It can also be a little intimidating because it requires faith, right? But God puts a dream in our heart. Nothing gets started first until you, you have a dream. But once you have the dream and all of a sudden now you're pursuing that dream... Well, before you even pursue it, you got to come to the second phase, and that's the decision phase. In other words, you have to decide to actually pursue it. You have to decide to get out of the boat and start walking on water. At some point, you have to decide to say, yes, this is what I desire. This is what I believe God has put in my heart. I believe this is what God is calling me to do or calling us to do. This is what I know would be pleasing to him because without faith, It is impossible to please God. So in order to please God, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to pursue what it is that God has put in my heart. That's called the decision phase. And James 1 verses 7 and 8 says it this way. 
When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? So when we make the decision to step out and pursue the dream that God's placed in our heart, whether that's a strong, healthy, vibrant marriage, whether it's becoming a Christ-centered home and family that God wants you to be, whether it's leaving one career, one job situation to pursue another, whether it's stepping out in faith to pursue a a ministry opportunity that you know is going to impact and touch the lives of other people, whatever it is that you God has put in your heart and your spirit to do. At some point, you've got to get beyond the dream and you've got to make the decision to move forward in faith. Because here's the thing that's so vitally important. You cannot move forward in faith and still be holding on to the past that's behind you. It's kind of like the flying trapeze at the circus. You ever seen the fly, flying trapeze? You, you, you've seen, you know, these amazing, you know, acrobats. And, you know, they, they swing from, you know, one, you know, bar from one swing to the other. And, man, they're like way up there. And, you know, some have nets, some don't. You know, it's amazing. It's crazy what these people will do. But have you ever noticed these flying trapeze, what they do is they will swing and then they have another swing that is moving towards them. But have you ever, ever noticed that there's just enough distance between this swing and that swing that you can't h- grab a hold of this swing until you let go of this swing? And all of a sudden, as they are flying through the air and they're swinging, now all of a sudden there is a decision point. And that decision for that trapeze, that acrobat, they have to be willing to let go for just a split second. And through the timing, they have to let go in order to latch on to the other. But in between, they are are literally dangling. They're they're hanging in between, right? In midair, suspended with nothing, perhaps maybe a net. But they are literally hanging there for dear life in the middle of those two situations. And some of you, you know what that's like to be kind of out in midair in the middle kind of transitioning from one job to another, and the other job hasn't quite opened up, the door of opportunity hasn't presented itself. Maybe you've gone through one diagnosis to another, one medical opinion to another. You're kind of dangling in midair. You've made a decision, but now all of a sudden that decision is going to require you to latch on. You've got to let go in order to latch on to faith. Trust. In that moment, you're putting your complete trust into the hands of God. And here's what it's going to require. It's going to require an investment of your time. It's going to require an investment of your money. It's going to require an investment of your reputation. It's going to have to cost you something. And you have to be willing to let go of whatever it is that you consider to be security in your life. Because as long as you are still in control, as long as you have something that you can fall back on, listen very carefully, it's not really faith. At some point, you've got to put yourself out there to where you're basically saying, God, there is no way that this is going to work out unless you intervene, unless you open a door, 
unless you provide for this need. Unless you step in the moment and prove yourself that this is your plan, your purpose, your will, your dream for my life. Because we can't go after God's dream and hold on to the past. It's kind of like Abraham. He had to leave his comfort and he had, to go to, he had to go follow God's dream for his life. And where did he go? He went to a place and he had no idea where he was even going. God says, I'll tell you when you get there. It's kind of like Moses, after he fleed from Egypt and he spent 40 years on the backside of a desert. Now he was just a shepherd living a life of comfort and ease. And it was at that moment that God tapped him on the shoulder and gave him the assignment to go back to Egypt to free his people that were living in bondage. He had to let go of the comfort and the convenience and the security to go to the place that God was calling him. So let me ask you a question. What is it maybe it's holding you back from pursuing your dream? Because I know this, whatever is keeping you safe is keeping you stuck. Whatever is keeping you safe is keeping you stuck. God wants us to step out in faith because when he gives us a dream, we have to make a decision to pursue that dream. But here's the key. Once you make the decision to pursue the dream that God has in your, for your life, that he's put in your heart, then comes the third phase. And what is the third phase? You ready for this? It's called delay. You say, oh, great. I hate this phase. I'll be honest with you. This is like, I, I, I despise waiting. And in our world of instant gratification, in our world where everybody's wanting to go viral overnight and be the next, you know, YouTube sensation or, you know, whatever. In our world of instant this and instant that, I just believe God is in heaven laughing at us thinking these people have no clue. Because he is the one who's large and in charge. He is the author of time and eternity. And so what may seem like a hundred years may be two seconds to him. And so at the end of the day, listen, there is a delay in the process once we make the decision to go for it and to pursue whatever it is God's put in our heart. We have to realize God allows there to be a waiting period in our lives. And in that moment of waiting, here's what we're going to encounter. Two kinds of difficulties. Number one is circumstances that will hold us back. I mean, there's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be a situation, a circumstance of some kind. Just count on it. It will happen. And not only that, you're also going to have critics that put you down. There will be somebody who just either out of jealousy, envy, or maybe just somebody who doesn't believe in you. Maybe somebody who just wants to see you fail. Or it could be a family member. It could be somebody who's got a chip on their shoulder towards you. Or just somebody who just, they just, they're just, you know, they just don't get it. They don't see. They don't understand. They don't quite, un, they don't quite realize that, you know, when, when God calls somebody to do something or God puts a dream in someone's heart or where God puts something in front of somebody, when somebody actually moves forward in faith to pursue Pursue that. Some people are just kind of like, I wish I could do that. And often they feel insecure. And so the easiest way for them to have some kind of gratification is just to see you fall and fail. So at the end of the day, there's always going to be that, 
there's always going to be that delay process. We have a son who's 23 years of age, and he's in Nashville, Tennessee. We've always told our kids to pursue their dreams. We've always tried to help set them up for success, to, to go all out and all in with whatever it is they feel like God is putting their heart to do. And our son Luke is actually having um, to kind of walk through some of this right now. He's in Nashville pursuing a dream to become a recording artist. And right after he moved to Nashville, he had the opportunity to go to Luke Bryan. Some of you probably have heard, country, country star Luke Bryan, American Idol guy. He got to go and spend several hours with Luke in his home. And got to sing for him, got to kind of share a little bit about what he was desiring to do. And here is what Luke said to our Luke. He said, just get ready. He said, because they call Nashville the 10-year town. Well, Luke thought he was going to be on American Idol the next night. You know, he, he, he thought he was going to get his big break. And he walked out of there getting the news that he wasn't quite prepared to hear. And that was, hey, son, it's going to take a while. Just be patient. Because there is a delay. And it's amazing how many artists... They call them starving artists, right, for a reason. They're pursuing that dream. They're pursuing that, that aspiration. But you know what? It just takes time. And again, because we live in this world of social media and everybody's wanting instant overnight success, they want to blow up and they want to have this massive following, this massive platform, and they want to have all the massive things that go with it. Well, God's up there saying, you know what? Okay, you're either going to do it on your own or you're going to trust me because in the vision, in the dream that I've placed in your heart, if it's really God's dream, you're not only going to have the dream, but you're going to have to make a decision to go for it. And once you go for it, guess what? You're going to have to also face some challenges. There's going to be some people that may not fully understand, that may even criticize you and critique you in the process. And on top of all that, guess what? You're going to have to just be patient and wait it out. And so, if you're encouraged by bad news, I want to give you some worse news. Noah waited for 120 years before the flood came. Abraham waited 25 years after receiving the promise of being the father of a great nation. Jacob waited 20 years before finally having a son, Isaac. Joseph waited 13 years for his dreams to be fulfilled after being thrown in jail and forgotten. Moses waited 40 years on the backside of a desert before God called him and gave him his assignment to go and free the people there in Egypt. Mo, excuse, me, excuse me. David waited approximately 14 years before God elevated him to become king of Israel. And Jesus waited 30 years in a carpenter's shop before he actually took his ministry public, letting it be known that he was the son of the living God. So if you find yourself in the waiting room, again, you are in good company with some of the greatest heroes of the faith. So just because you're waiting doesn't mean you have to stop working. You keep believing. You keep pursuing. You keep knocking. You keep pursuing what it is that God has placed in your heart to do. Because there is a dream, then there comes a decision. And after the decision, there are 
a season and there are times of waiting. And, and as you're waiting, here comes the more bad news. Number four, here's the fourth phase, and that is there is going to be the difficult phase. There is the difficulty that we have to encounter through the process as God puts us through the fire, through the crucible, through all of the hardships and the setbacks and the trials and the challenges, the circumstances, they will come in your life. You want to have a strong, healthy marriage? Well, guess what? Your spouse doesn't want to cooperate. You have a teenage daughter or teenage son who, who's living outside the will of God? Well, guess what? They don't want to cooperate. Or maybe as a student, you know what? You're wanting to step out in faith, and you want to be a, a strong testimony to your friends at school. And Maybe you want to do something right here on the school campus, maybe to make an impact with the lives of other students, but yet for whatever reason, school policies or this coach or that teacher won't give you the space or the time to allow you to do whatever it is that's standing in your way. Maybe there are situations and circumstances financially, your health. Listen, whatever it is, fill in the blank. There's always going to be difficulties along the way. Noah encountered them. Joseph encountered them. And after even, listen to this, when Moses died, when Moses died, and he passed the baton shortly before to Joshua. Once Moses died, now Joshua, he was commanded to take the people into the promised land. After all those years, 40 years, Joshua finally takes the people into the promised land. And guess what? Soon as they arrived, there's giants. There are more challenges ahead. There's always a difficulty. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7 says it this way. At present, you may be temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which is infinitely more valuable than gold. Let me tell you something. Just know if you're going through the fire and you're walking through setbacks and situations and hardships and trials and difficulties in your life... That is a good indication that God is working even while you're waiting. Did you get that? So there's a dream phase. There is a decision phase. There is a delay phase. There's a difficulty phase. You ready for some more bad news? After the difficulty, you find yourself in the fifth phase. And that's called a dead end. And the dead end is when you've experienced that moment where you've exhausted all your options. You're, you're out of options. You're out of money. The doctors have written it off. There's no cure. There's no paycheck coming. You don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Your back is against the wall. And now is the time, once again, throughout this whole process, you're asking all the why questions. God, why me? Why us? Why now? Why this? God, is this really what you planned? God, am I in your will? God, am I supposed to be somewhere else? Am I supposed to be doing something different? You're asking all the why questions. And now you, there is no more options. There's, there's nothing left. You are literally at a dead end. Can I just give you some words of encouragement today? What's amazing to me is that God loves 
to turn these kind of situations when we are in a dead end into a miracle. And here's what you got to realize. It is in the dead end seasons. It is in the dead end situations in our lives. Kind of like the people of Israel when they left Egypt. They found themselves, listen to this. They found themselves literally in the in kind of like God's cul-de-sac, mountains on either side. You had the Red Sea. You remember Pharaoh, after ten plagues, finally said, enough is enough. Gave Moses the green light. Hey, get your people and you guys get out of here. And so they finally left. A day later, literally a day later, Pharaoh changes his mind. And he calls all of the army of Egypt to literally go in hot pursuit after the people of Israel. And now here they are coming, I mean hot. They are pursuing the people of Israel to take them out. And in this moment of doubt, in this moment of desperation, as they are literally faced with a dead end, God has them exactly where he needed and wanted them to be where they had nowhere else to look. They had nothing else they could do other than to look to God and say, God, only you, only you can get us out of this situation. It's interesting to me that in Exodus 14, verses 11 and 12, it says the people actually said to Moses, we told you to leave us alone and let us go on being slaves of the Egyptians. It would be better to be slaves there than to die here in the desert. You know what's crazy? Is that some people would rather hang on to a place of comfort and convenience rather than step out in faith to pursue the adventure of pursuing God's dream for their life, knowing that on the other side of God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, God is going to do something great if and only if we're willing to walk by faith and trust him every step of the way, even though we have to wait, even even though we have to go through trials and difficulties, even though there are going to be seasons and situations where, honestly, we find ourselves at a complete dead end, We've exhausted all of our options. But you know what the people of Israel didn't know or didn't connect the dots with at the moment? Listen to this. This is awesome. What's awesome is to know that in that place, hemmed in between the mountains and the Red Sea, nowhere else to go, they're at a dead end. That place is literally called Bel Zephon. Bel Zephon. You know what it means? It's translated God's hidden treasure. That simply means that when you find yourself literally in the dead end of of your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations, whether it's a marriage, maybe it's a You've always longed to have children, but you haven't been able to conceive. You've tried, you know, in vitro methods. You've tried medication. You've tried this. You've done that. You've exhausted all your options. But it's in those moments of where you're willing to literally throw in the towel and quit. It's in that moment that often we discover God's hidden treasure. Listen. Because now God has us right where he wants us and right where he needs us. And that is where we are 100% dependency upon God to do what only God can do. Which is the sixth phase and that is the deliverance phase. Did you hear me? It's the deliverance phase. That simply means that, hey, when we are at our wit's end and we have nowhere else to turn, that is when God steps in and whatever it is that we see as dead, 
God has the power and the ability to resurrect a dead marriage, dead dreams, dead homes, dead families. Listen, he has the ability to resurrect whatever it is that we have written off as dead. Whatever you do, don't bail before the breakthrough. Don't bail before the breakthrough. Because just, listen, just at that moment when you're ready to quit and say, forget this, is the very moment God can turn things around. Abraham and Sarah had a son. You listen to this. 99 years of age, 100 years of age. Go figure that one out. Joseph finally gets remembered. Remember, he's thrown into a, his his brothers sold him off as a slave, and he gets falsely accused of trying to rape Potiphar's wife, and he's thrown into prison, and then all of a sudden now he's forgotten, and then all of a sudden, somebody remembered Joseph. And in that moment of remembering Joseph, not only did they go and get him out of prison, but now he's elevated second in command over all of Egypt to deliver his own people. Jesus said it is finished. Talking about a dead end. His disciples had followed him everywhere he went. Saw the miracles. And in that moment, when the sky darkened, the earth shook, the veil was torn. And in that moment, when he took his last breath and said, it is finished. Game was over. As far as the apostles were concerned, as far as the disciples and those who had been following Jesus, they thought it was over. But what they failed to realize is that God specializes in miracles. He specializes in taking dead things and bringing them back to life. God specializes in turning crucifixions into resurrections. So those are the six phases of faith. And my question to you is this. In this faith journey that you're on, as you're pursuing whatever it is that God's put in your heart, that is an alignment with God's good, pleasing, perfect will, that marriage, those family relationships, the job situation, the financial situation, the health challenges, the, the dream, whatever that is. God's going to allow us to go through all six of these phases. And my question to you is, what phase are you in? For some of you, you're in a dead-end situation. Can I just encourage you again, don't bail before the breakthrough. Some of you, you're in that waiting season right now. You're just waiting for God to move. What do you do? You keep praying, you keep asking, you keep seeking, keep knocking, keep persisting in faith. Keep believing. Some of you... Maybe you're in the dream phase. You're on the front end. Just know that God has a plan. And he has a purpose. And his plan and his purpose is to give you a hope and a future. 
Some of you, you're going through the difficult situation. You've worked so hard. It's like you're taking two steps forward and one step back. Every single step you take, it is just like you cannot get any momentum. Can't seem to get anything moving in the right direction. Everything seems to be working harder and harder and harder against you. Just know God has you right where he wants you. Because as you're waiting, he's working. And he wants you to keep believing, keep pursuing, keep doing the next right thing that you know is going to please God. Because without faith, it is impossible to what? Please God. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, I just want to ask you to do a little soul searching here for just a moment in your own heart. I don't know what it is that maybe God has placed in your spirit, what it is that you've been longing for. and Maybe you've had a dream or a, a vision for something and for some of you, you're on the front end of it. Some of you, you've been pursuing it for a long, long time. Some of you, you're in the middle of a, of a marriage that looks nothing like you thought it would. You're in a work environment, a situation. And you've asked yourself time and time again, why am I still here? All of these questions that sometimes can lead us to self-doubt, ask the why questions to God. I just want you to know that God can handle it. He can take it. He's ready for those why questions. He's ready for anger and frustration. That's all God wants. More than anything, God wants you to come close to Him. Because as I stated at the very beginning, as we were taking communion today, we are as close to God as we choose to be. And James says that if we will come near to Him, near to God, God will draw near to us. So right now, maybe you're in phase one, maybe you're in phase four. Maybe you're in phase five, the dead end. And maybe today you just need to say, God, would you show yourself strong? God, would you re reveal yourself to me that you are still at work, that you're working? God, will you give me the patience? Will you give me the strength to keep moving forward, to keep believing, to keep trusting even when I don't understand it, even when it doesn't make sense. But God, I'm going to trust that you have a good, pleasing, and perfect will, that you have a plan and you have a purpose, and that plan is to give me a future and a hope. Would you just tell God what you need to tell him today? And the greatest single need for some of us in this room today is to trade in your life for the life that God has for you. 
Because Jesus said, as long as you try to hang on to your own life, you'll lose life. But if you're willing to let go of your life for the sake of the cross and take up that cross daily and follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life, to surrender your will to his ways, he'll take you on an adventure of faith that you've never experienced before. And today, maybe it's that decision phase of just stepping out and putting your complete trust in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And if that's your need today, would you pray this in your heart? Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. Today, by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking, if, if you prayed that prayer in your heart, would you do me, something, do, do me a favor and do something very bold and courageous? Would you be willing just to hold your hand high toward heaven as a testimony to, to that fact, to say, yes, I prayed that prayer. I just made that decision in my heart today to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's wonderful. Any others? Any others? It's awesome. Thank you. Father, we thank you. We celebrate with these. They lifted their hands and Lord, we're all in this together. Lord, it is a journey of faith. And Lord, as we embark upon the next five weeks together, as we learn to grow, to stretch, and to become ultimately who you are preparing us to become, as we are growing in our character, as we are becoming more and more like your son Jesus, God, I pray that our faith would be renewed, that our faith would be stretched, that our faith would grow strong. And God, those dreams and those hopes, those goals, those aspirations, Lord, the desires of our hearts, God, would truly be fulfilled in your way, in your timing, just as you see fit. God, we love you. We honor you today. And we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.